2000 comes around, your first single, There Is No Arizona, it skyrockets to number one. So when you go in to record There Is No Arizona, did you know you were going to have a number one record on your hands and your career was going to be off and running? No, I don't think you ever really know. I think um, anything like that is a surprise. Like, even when the world goes on, you know, I've had some really amazing streams on it and it got on the New Boots playlist and it was a complete surprise. And I think, yeah, when Arizona took off and, and other songs that have been played and, and resonated with people, I mean, it's just all you ever dream of, but you never, you never know. You just never know. You know, you don't, there's no plan. It's just kind of like, I guess it's in God's hands what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, that was a tough choice for me, but I do think that is my favorite song of yours, and I know you co-wrote it. And because it is so unique in its sound and certainly the lyrics in it, what's the story behind it? How would you come up with writing that one? Well, um, it's funny. I had written down Sedona because I went there many years ago, and I, I just fell in love with it. Like, even more so than other parts of Arizona, Sedona speaks to me. I just It was a fluke that I got to drive through there on my way to the Grand Canyon. And I was just like, man, you could have just dropped me off and left me there. I loved it so much. Um, so I came into the co-write, and, and I'd written with um, with Shay Smith before, and I'd written with Lisa Drew before, but I'd never written with them both at the same time. So when I came in, I said, I've got Sedona for a title. I really want to write about this amazing, magical little town that's not so commercialized that it feels like everyone's going to know what I'm talking about. They may say, where's that? What, what's she talking about? And then Lisa Drew said, that's so weird because she said, I just saw the movie Dolores Claiborne and there was a line in the movie, there is no Arizona. And she said, I feel like this is meant to be. We have to write this song. I don't know what it's going to be about. And then Shay said, well, I've got this little guitar riff and it was that you know, and it's just like, okay, cool. And I started kind of scatting the, the do, 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 you know, like that's how I write my melodies is usually to do, do. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of went from there. You know I mean? It's, uh, it all came together. It was meant to be. And we were super excited after we wrote it. And, um, we felt like that was a special song. We didn't know how it was going to be received. A lot of people we played it for were like, well, it's kind of jazzy. It's not really country. And I was just like, I don't care. I love this song. It's different. And it's a story song. It speaks to me, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna ride this. This is the train I'm getting on. It's amazing how that works. How everything has to come together. You know, if one of those things doesn't happen, you know, there's a pretty good chance that song doesn't even come out. And maybe you're not where you are today. So it's just amazing how it, it was meant to be, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. The next was when I think about Angels, so that was the follow-up, and it also hits number one, another song that uh, you co-wrote. A little bit faster paced, a little bit more fun, and really it sounded like you had a lot of fun writing it. Well, I wrote that with Roxy Dean and Sonny Tillis. Um, Mel's it's, uh, his son, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's Mel Tillis Jr., and he goes by Sonny. And um, it was the kind of thing where I had been dating my Boy, then at the at the time boyfriend who I ended up marrying and then Roxy was dating her guy that she ended up marrying and we were just talking about how you know you drive around and you're so you get so kind of obsessed in thinking about them that everything reminds you of them like oh look at that you know restaurant we were there last week oh look at that you know wouldn't he love that and oh that looks like something I need to tell him about later you know and so we were uh, we were just talking about them, really, and it was kind of like the everything reminds me of you thought, like, 
this leads to that leads to this leads back to you. And so I think Sonny just started playing something on the guitar and, you know, it's like, why does this remind me of you? Why does this remind me of you? You know, it just went from there. It's all about love and, and, um, and the reaction to love and how everything leads back to this one person that you're in love with. I'd say you set the bar pretty high pretty early there, back-to-back singles to start off, both going to number one. Yeah, was really, really lucky, really blessed. We just had our Mother's Day special last month, and the first song that I thought, hey, we need to play was Somebody's Hero, and that was before I even knew that I was going to have this interview set up with you. Um, such a great song about a woman, or women in general, who doesn't get the credit that they deserve, but they mean the world to somebody. And if that isn't the best way to describe moms, I just don't know what is. You know, I, I love that song for that reason, too, that it speaks to so many moms and daughters and grandmothers out there. Like, it, it was one of those songs where when it was really peaking at radio, you know, when I was on stage, I would have to look over people's heads because if I looked them in the eye, some people would be crying. Yeah. Maybe they'd lost their mom or maybe they'd lost their grandmother or some kind of emotional response. And, it, and if, I'm the kind of person that if, if I see someone cry, then I start crying, you know? So I had to keep it together with that song. It, it resonated in a whole new way for me differently than the other hits I'd had. And I think that um, connection with that song is probably my most revered, I guess would be the word I'd use, because... As people come to my meet and greet, they would tell me the story about, you know, maybe my wife had breast cancer. She was the best mom. You know, here's her breast cancer pen and stories like that that just really moved me and kind of made me an emotional wreck, you know. <laughs> um, it's because of that song. And it's like my grandmother ended up in a nursing home, my grandmother from New Zealand. And so I know what that's like. It's just it's really hard. And the women who have inspired me growing up and um you know, they are, they are heroes and having a baby of my own and having her look up to me and wanting to be the best mom I could be, like the most important job I've ever done. Um, and so just the generations of women, I think, is what's important to me. And, and that's why I love that song. And it's a great Mother's Day song. Like you said, I always see a spike during Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> how many people are listening to it and it gets on playlists and that kind of thing so that's really cool you can always count on that every mother's day for sure but it's a good enough song to play year-round i don't think there's any doubt about that we talked about some of the artists that you opened for uh when you were kind of up and coming i, I wanted to get an idea of who some of your influences were who, who did you like to listen to definitely dolly parton was number one you know we got to work with her and she was so nice to me and you know just talked to me for a long time and just took the time with a kid that she didn't have to do. I mean, I've seen some celebrities walk right past kids and think, oh, I don't have time right now, you know, but Dolly never did that. She's always been the sweetest, sweetest person. Just what you would think she would be is how she is. And Reba's the same way. It's like what you see is what you get. And I just love that about them. And I think both of those women inspired me more than anything. I used to see Reba play at Twitty City here in Nashville when it, existed and she had big red hair and a gold sequin top on and i just was like i want to be like her <laughs> and actually i'm glad you brought up reba because one of my favorite memories of you was when you sang does he love you with carrie underwood there in 2005 i think it was the cmt duets uh, 100 best duets show 
That's one of my favorite moments from you because you and Carrie Underwood just killed that song. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was very special for me. I was amazed to be chosen by CMT. It was like, wow, this is so cool. And then to get to sing with her, I mean, she's just an unbelievable performer. Two powerful voices right there because uh, your voice is amazing. And mixed with your uh, incredible songwriting ability, the way that all ties together in your music, it, it makes makes it very fun and enjoyable to listen to. So, Oh, thank you so much. Last thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, some other artists from your time, that early 2000s era that you kind of came up with. Who did you enjoy uh, you know, working with or, or listening to back then, whether it be late 90s, early 2000s artists? Yeah, so many um, artists like that came out around the same time as me. Rascal Flatts, I love those guys. You know, I think they're incredible and so, you know, iconic in a way. They were so different and they had their own, you know, unique, with it being a trio and everything. It was just, I just loved them. And like I said, love the guys. Um, Leanne Womack, I always loved her. Um, Little Pass, Little Rock is like one of my favorite songs. Um, of course, Leanne Rhymes being 13 and being able to sing like she did and always has sung. She's incredible. Um, of course, Faith Hill was a huge, another one of my inspirations who I looked up to. Um, gosh, so many. I, I can't, my mind isn't thinking of anybody else right now, but, and I love Jody Messina. I mean, I know all these people. Andy Griggs is like one of my best friends. He's like a brother. Um, and Brian White, and uh, just the list goes on. Billy Dean, people I love, people who, when I play shows with them, I'm in awe of the fact that their voice is stronger and better now than they ever were, and they're just their pitch is amazing. And I mean, Andy Griggs is the kind of person who could roll out of bed and sound like a million bucks. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, are like, oh, I won't, I won't be warmed up till tonight, and I can't sing in tune till. So this, that, and the other, and I got to, you know, warm up for an hour. Not Andy. He just wakes up, and immediately he's got this huge, loud voice and loud presence. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That's a, that's a really good list. Really appreciate your time. Once again, the uh, new album we expect out this fall, it is called Now and Then. The single is available now. We're actually going to play it called World Goes On. Is there anything else, though, that you wanted to add before we let you go, Jamie? I don't think so. Thank you so much for playing The World Goes On, and I hope everybody loves it. And hi to everybody out there, and just thank you again for having me on.